I tell them welcome to the gray area and stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check? Just keep it real rapping. Don't gossip with the facts. Yeah. The NBA offseason is delivering, maybe not to certain people's expectations, but it's definitely delivering to my expectations. Moves are being made. Uh, teams are improving. Certain teams are making it be known that they are tanking. And it is what it is. But this is the gray area. And I am your host, Ray Jarvis. For chapter 71 of the gray area, I decided to bring the homie Mason Bowers right back. We had a hell of a time with the all Lakers team. We've been keeping in contact throughout free agency to, and just looking at the way certain teams are formulating, the way certain moves that we didn't expect played out. And I said, you know what, Mace, you got to spin back, bro. It's only right that you come back on here and, and let's and let's talk our talk yet again. The people enjoyed the last episode even as well. So it's like, I like to give the people what they want. So Mace... Well, once again, welcome back to the gray area, my brother. Hey, it's good to be back. You know, if you keep bringing me back, I might have to buy some stock into the gray area. Not like I already <laughs> have it, but, you know, maybe a little bit more. That's a fact. That's a fact. Hey, man, it's it's a good stock to buy. You know, it's on the rise. Things are moving. I try to be humble when it comes to this thing, but certain doors are opening and piece by piece, the gray area will be a brand that you're going to get sick of real soon. But Mace, brother, let's get right into it. Let's not tease these people. Rob Palenka pulled off a caper, bringing in Montrez Harrell from down the hall letting him be known that he's with the right Los Angeles team wearing the right shade of purple and gold or yellow depending on who you ask getting out of that silly clipper costume yo yo Mace I'm hype Trez is one of my guys talk to me how do you feel about this move you know uh I'm happy to have Montrez Harrell on the team the the Russian spy the Clippers fans (laughs) will tell you you know uh who wouldn't want Montrezl Harrell on their team? Sixth man of the year, you know, giving you that Rodman energy in 2020, you know, minus the, you know, the ants. I'm talking about on the court. Right. But it's good to have Montrezl on the team. It was a surprise to me. I feel like, you know, from the tweet from Patrick Beverly, you know, from the reaction on social media, everybody was surprised about this, you know. that. So I can't say I was expecting it, but I'm very happy about having it. You know, he finally moved out of the basement, which is what we all want to do in life. You know, who, who wouldn't want to upgrade in life? You know, you were Clipper today and you were Lakers tomorrow, and then you had a good tomorrow, if you know what I'm saying. But it's good to have him on the team. Montrez, you know, I feel like we're going to bring him off the bench, but in, he, he'll probably be in our clutch five. Absolutely. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm you know... His offense, he's all hustle, but he offensive rebounder, you know, uh, on the, on the pick and roll, he he's the role man, he's catching oops. So I would love to have his energy on the team. I'm, I'm excited about seeing him on the court because you know what you you know what LeBron does to, to his teammates. So yeah. it's exciting to have him. You know he's he you know he I'm not gonna lie, he defensively he could use some work. Right. 
I've never been impressed by his defense. He's not, you know, he's not the biggest guy. You know, he has a lot of energy. He can be overwhelming on the court, but he's really about six eight, six nine. So let me you know let me mean? jump so, in right here because you're talking about something that I that I'm now hearing the volume be turned up on when it comes to his defense. And there's a segment of Clipper fans and people in the NBA in general who say that Montrez Harrell is more of a liability on the floor than people realize. Yes, he's a sixth man of the year. Yet, yes, he's a hooper, and we've we've seen his highs. But some people say one of his keynote lows was his performance in the bubble. And certain people point to Montrez as the reason that they lost that 3-1 lead. Now, I'm one of the people who are going to say that's a little ridiculous. The sixth man of the year can't be the reason you blow a 3-1 lead when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are on your team. And we saw what Paul George did to get packed up out of that series. So I guess my question to you would be, how accurate are these claims of Montrez Harrell's performance blowing that 3-1 lead? And how concerned should Laker fans be about things like his defensive lacking or, or, or how he fits next to LeBron James? Well, I'm not going to switch up my tune now that he's a Laker. He was very disappointing in the playoffs. Most people would agree that he kind of lost himself a little money in this free agency market with his performance. Okay. You know, defensively, I, you know, we know that he's hustled. We know he tries. We know he goes hard. But it's his IQ that's lacking a little bit. You know, okay. he's not a good post defender. I mean, Jokic, he's a great player, and he tears most people up. But Jokic was just tearing this guy apart. And a lot of people thought that Zuba should actually be the guy that was actually defending him, you know, throughout the game, especially in crunch time, you know. So I'm not I, I'm not going to act now that he's a Laker, now that he's, you know, that, that I'm not going to switch up my tune now that he's a Laker. Right. So, yes, he's definitely lacking defensively. I wouldn't go as far as saying he was the reason that the Clippers blew that 3-1 lead, but he definitely was a part of it. It was a culmination of things, a lot of players, but he didn't play up to par. He didn't play up to his six-man-of-the-year levels. But the hope is that when he gets around LeBron, when he gets it down around AD, some players with high defensive IQs, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. players that are leaders, is that maybe he can upgrade himself a little bit because the effort is there. So when the effort is there, we know we know defensively that's that's seventy percent of the game, you know. So, so hopefully effort, when he gets around better players, that, exactly. So hopefully when he gets around players that can, you know, vocal players, players that are gonna let him know where he needs to be on the floor. That you know we're not saying he's gonna be nineteen ninety four Hakeem Elijah, but <laughs> I think that there's room for an upgrade because. He definitely tries on the court, and he—that's he, a fact. That's a fact. Uh, you know, for me, Trez, I look at his situation, and people are concerned about, you know, his defensive lack, right? But I think about his mental makeup. I've been a fan of Trez since college. I even think back to the time when he was a Rocket, and and then the Rockets were playing against the Spurs in that series, and, and then they got hurt, and and I was saying, why not put Montrez in the game? But Mike D'Antoni being Mike D'Antoni. Decided to play a seven-man rotation. James Harden ran out of gas, and people wanted to call James Harden a choke artist. When the reality, of the situation was, how can you expect James Harden to play at the pace the Rockets were playing with a seven-man rotation when there's an energetic big on the bench who could throw some bows and at least let the Spurs front line feel them? Lo and behold, we see what Montrez has developed into. When I bring that full circle to the Lakers, I look at what Vogel expects. From his team, he, people still trying to front on Frank Vogel. Vogel defensively, if you're not defending, bro, you're not gonna play. 
if you're not following your rotations, you're not going to play. And you, and you think about the fact that LeBron James hasn't played real defense in a few years. And you look at the defense LeBron played this year. That told me off the rip that LeBron respected his coach. We didn't hear any quips about LeBron James beefing with Frank Vogel. They were on the same page. I don't know if it's because he was a Laker and there's a certain understanding with the Laker. As a Laker fan, people know certain plays can't be on certain BS. Like you're not gonna the, the tactics that LeBron got away with in Cleveland when you have the Bus family and Palenka, who's a, who's basically Kobe's family. It's certain things that he's just not gonna do. But LeBron James is still the king, right? So he can pick and choose when he wants to play. And the fact that he was this active on defense lets me know that he believed in Frank Vogel. He believed in what the Lakers are trying to do. And he trusts the organization to do right by him. So I don't expect Montrez to be a defensive liability in a scenario where Frank Vogel has high expectations of the guys who come to play. And I think that he'll find ways. He Maybe not a good on-ball defender, but his energy... Once he understands the way we rotate defensively, he's going to be a monster because now you get to be your best self. You don't have to D up a guy on the island, but are you with the right spots at the right time? Are you contesting at the basket? Or are you a physical presence? These are all things that we know Montrezl Harrell can do. And with the right coach in the right defensive system, the right defensive philosophy, Montrez is going to be a steal. I think his offense is going to suffer because most guys, when you play with LeBron, you already understand, like, you're not going to get the touches you're accustomed to because of the pace and the style of basketball that the Lakers play. But I think overall, he's an upgrade over everything we've had thus far. No shade to Dwight Howard, uh, JaVel McGee, Markeith Morris. No shade to any of these guys. But Montrez, his age, his tenacity, his athleticism, his ability to score, his ability to be an energy guy who's willing to learn and get better. People, they say, oh, he was a liability defensively. But can we talk about where Montrez was to where Montrez got right now? That's a player who's willing to get better. And you're telling me at 26, 27, he still has room to grow and he's a Laker? Give me all of that, bro. I'm with all of that, Mace. Absolutely. I got to agree with a few things that you said because Frank Vogel, very underrated coach. And I'll say I even underrated him when we hired him. I was looking for Tyron Lue, but I'm huh. Frank Vogel, you know, even back to his pacer days, his defense was always solid. His guys always knew what it was supposed to be. And, uh, you know, when, when it comes to Montrez, you know, when you when you mention offensively why he might suffer, I can agree he won't get maybe post touches. He maybe won't get the offensive looks, but I can see him getting a bunch of points in offensive boards. I can mm-hmm. see him getting a couple points off the of live. So I can see him maintaining a scoring average. Yeah, and you got to think about the line of versatility that he brings now because the Lakers can get real fancy in certain segments when you slide AD over the five and have a Trez at the four and the things that he's able to do. Like, he's not Lamar Odom, but he's very Lamar Odom-esque in his versatility. Think about those times when, when you'd slide power over to the five and Lamar at the four, the things that the Lakers were able to do back in the day. I see a little bit of that with him and AD. It's going to be versatility. The high-low game between those two guys are going to be amazing to watch. I'm excited. Uh, let's talk about not too much time, though, because we got to move on. Uh, how do you feel about the West Matthews and Dennis Schroeder pickups? I'm a fan of Schroeder. I think that's what the Lakers have been needing for a long time was that a guy like Dennis Schroeder. And I'm a little iffy on, on Wes Matthews. He he's he hurt his Achilles, you know, in the playoffs. He's never really delivered the way we know he's capable of with his shooting ability. How do you feel about those two guards being Lakers now? Well, I gotta say I'm very excited about the Schroeder move. I thought it was a good pickup. 
know. Facts. Uh, we talk about cliches when it comes to athletes, but mm -hmm. when you talk about this guy's toughness, I mean, he's not scared of anybody. I've seen this guy go at some of the best point guards in the league with no fear. So you mm -hmm. gotta, you know, you know, he's a he he's a guy that will step up for his teammates. He's not afraid of the of the quote unquote superstars of the league. You know, right. You know, when we talk about him, we talk about a guy who had five years with the Hawks. No shots at the Hawks, but, you know, that's pretty much just five years of playing professional basketball <laughs> without really worrying about any championship right, expectations right. or even playoff expectations. He had a couple of years in OKC. You know, he had that year with Rust, and he had that year last year with, with Chris Paul and that team that kind of, you know, Stepped above expectations, I should say. But this is the first time that Dennis Schroeder has really had championship aspirations. Mm -hmm. So I, I, when I think of a guy like him, a competitive guy, a guy that gets on there, I think from what we've seen from him is already been impressive. I mean, we're talking about a guy who in the last four years, he's averaged 18, 3, and 5. Those are solid numbers off the bench. He's not the starter. He's coming off the bench. Last year, we averaged 19, 4, and 4 off that impressive OKC team. So when you talk about a guy who, even when he, you know, deep down in his heart, he knows he's not uh, competing for a championship, he's going to go out there and get it. When you talk about when he gets on his Lakers team, a team that's already won a championship, he's going to want to uh, kind of prove himself. And he knows that he's actually competing for something. I'm excited to see what about what he can bring to the court this year. What about Wes Matthews, though, real quick? You know, Wes Matthews, you know, I've, I, Wes Matthews has always been one of those kind of guys who is average in the league for me. You know, average shooting guard, you know, I, he's never really impressed me offensively. He's never really impressed me defensively. So I won't, I won't lie just because he's a Laker now and say I'm really excited about a Wes Matthews signing. Just like you say, he had the Achilles uh, injury a few years back, but he did come back. You know, he's one of those players that his production didn't fall off too hard right. after his injury. But I, I think he's a solid pickup. You know, you always want those solid backups, guys who, you know, won't really uh, perform under expectations. But I don't think he adds too much. I don't, But I don't think he drops off too much. You I know think, you know, uh, he's, he's already better than any shooter that we had last season. I know I think we had Daniels last year and he didn't really pan out. And we ended up moving on from him. I just hope that he's not one of those Daniel signings where you you know he can shoot, but but he came to LA and and the bright lights of being a Laker, he just folded under it. Matthews is a vet though; he's been around the league a few times. Uh, he's been a good player in his league. I think back to his Portland days, Dallas days, he he's been on good teams, even with the Bucks. So I think that he's an upgrade over Daniels. From last year but again i'm just concerned because you know sometimes you come to la defending champs you might not live up to those expectations you know but if he can shoot the ball the way he's capable of shooting the ball playing with lebron james and there's stats out there that say he's one of the best corner three-point shooters in the league and lebron james is adept at finding those corner three-point shooters super excited to see what he can do as far as being a spacer same for schroeder schroeder's gonna be a monster i kind of low-key hope that no one wants dion waiters because i still want champ cheese on the team i i i'm a fan of waiters i kind of hope that we can get him on a vet minimum just just to be another gunner off the bench or, or a guy when you know lebron's doing his low management thing because we, we're not gonna see too much of lebron early so as much wings as you can have on the floor who can, who can create 
alongside Anthony Davis. That's that's my hope, and I think Schroeder's gonna cook, bro. I'm excited to see what Schroeder does because we've seen LeBron, especially at this point in his career, be a willing participant in having someone else handle the ball and create. We, we, let, we saw him trust Rondo, and I think because he's a fan of Schroeder, he's more willing to do so because LeBron knows he's getting older. LeBron knows what, he's, what he can and what he can't do for extended periods of time, so he needs a person that can create. So I'm excited to see what Schroeder does, especially that one four one five actions with AD. It's going to be exciting. Um, I'm seeing here we got some breaking news as we're, as we're, we're talking. Uh, Woj just announced the Lakers are sending McGee in a future second-round pick to the Cavaliers. Um, I'm not sure what we're getting back. Maybe it's a salary dump just to free up room to possibly get Mark Gasol. Your thoughts before we move on? Well, Pierre will miss you. Uh, <laughs> Lakers champion, uh, Warriors Fact. champion, a character for many years in the NBA. You know, he is definitely a player who's, I feel, is, uh, you know, his antics kind of stand out with them but he definitely is a solid player so i you know i mean i'm interested to see what we'll get back but i won't say i'm excited about seeing javel though it's not like when kwame left right you know, I, I love javel i like javel on the team absolutely javel's had a charmed nba career you think about what Shaq did to him javel mcgee and then you and you think about the fact that he's been on two of the, the the Western Conference premier franchises and won championships and was a key component, whether on the floor or as a, a locker room guy to those title teams. Salute to JaVale McGee. I have one question for you. Though. I was in a group chat uh, recently, and a lot of people were saying that we all credit needs to go to LeBron James for building the Lakers up. And, and, and you know, Rob Pulling is just a puppet. It's the clutch all-stars, so on and so forth. I said to these people that LeBron was there last year with Magic and you saw him and Magic brought in Rondo, Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley along with LeBron James that couldn't close a deal on Paul George then we looked to what Rob did and, and Rob uh, bringing in Anthony Davis and then bringing in parts that fit because you think about it uh, this is a true story when, when Kawhi finally finished holding us hostage right? I looked at players and I said these are the guys that the Lakers need I said we needed Danny Green I said we needed Avery Bradley he went out there. He he got Avery Bradley and Danny Green. I looked around. I said, you know what? Demarcus Cousins would be a good fit. He went out there and got Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins got hurt. I said, you know, what? why not take a flyer on Dwight Howard? He went out there and took a flyer on Dwight Howard. He understood the kind of parts that's needed. Not to say because that he agreed with me as far as bringing these players in, but my my point is is that these were common sense moves that Magic Johnson didn't make. You think about the Anthony Davis trade, right? He was willing to give up everything to get AD. Rob came in, gave up everything, but somehow managed to keep Kuz. That that is a big deal because whether we decide to keep Kuz or trade Kuz, Kuz is now an asset, a viable asset. So I can't really get with people who say that it's LeBron bringing these people in. Rob Palenka has a keen eye for picking talent. He's already a former agent. He understands how players think. So I while I'm giving some credit to Lay GM. To me, guys who are saying that Rob Palenka doesn't deserve any credit on missing the point, he's picked the right player and made their shrewd types of deal each and every time. I know I'm talking your head off, Mace. I'm sorry, but I had to get my points off. Who do you think is more, you know, deserving of the adulation with this Lakers offseason, the Lakers championship, the players that have been surrounded, AD and LeBron James? Talk to me. If, even if you disagree, that's fine. You know, I was I was thinking about that job, and, you know, for folks that thinking I'm that are thinking that I'm disagreeing with you just because I'm on the show. 
you can check out that Lakers all-time episode. We had drastically different Facts. teams. So, you know, we it. don't always agree, folks. But I will say we got to agree on this. While I do want to give LeBron credit because when you talk about the star power that he just as a celebrity holds, you know, he's... And at, at this point, he he is the OG of the league. You know, mm-hmm, the spot mm-hmm. that Mike Facts. held, that spot that Kobe held. You know, he's in that spot now so there's a certain reverence that every player that comes into the league has for LeBron you know and I don't want to <clears throat> I while I don't want to downplay that you know and, and, and at the end of the, he's been he's been in the league 18 years you know you got guys that are coming into the league that are 19 years old 20 years old so <laughs> all they know is LeBron so you know you do having LeBron does mean a certain thing for the Lakers you know we went a few years there were plenty of free agents that did pass up on us. So I don't want to make it seem like, you know, LeBron is not a factor at all. But, I, you know, when you think about, I'll put it like this. We have proof of uh, LeBron's GM skills, just like you say, the first year in L.A., mm-hmm. the uh, last few years in Cleveland. You know, he's not the best GM. And the, the only proof we have of Rob is this Lakers team. And I got to say, you know, he's, continue to impress me and I wanted to judge him I wanted to say it was his fault especially when Magic left but you know Rob he's a behind the scenes guy I always love a GM a a team president that just loves to just do their job and stay behind the scenes no reason to be a Daryl Morey and be doing press interviews and and Nick Wright interviews all day you know it, it doesn't really make any sense you know what I mean Yo, I, I'm so, with you on that 100%. I, I look at that situation and I'm like, oh, well, he ratted on Magic. Like, the whole story about Magic getting mad that Rob Palenka was saying, where's Magic? So, but at, to my opinion is, oh, well, Magic got LeBron. LeBron, the worst kept secret in the league for a year before LeBron got to the Lakers was he was coming to L.A. It didn't matter. All Magic had to do was take the meeting and not mess it up. Rob Palenka, as we've seen, could have done the same thing Magic Johnson did. And then you and then you flank LeBron with no offense. Rondo was kind of garbage until playoff Rondo finally showed up as a Laker. Let's be honest here. A lot of people have recency biases. I understand that. That's a real thing. But Rondo up until the playoffs this past season was horrible for the Lakers. All the numbers supported, all the eyeballs supported. Cut the garbage. We saw what Lance did as a Laker. We saw what Beasley did as a Laker. We, he traded away, uh, what is this kid's name? Zubak. Zubak for, for, for pennies for a three-point shooter. Mike Muscala, who's not even a Laker anymore. Magic was not a good GM for the Lakers. And on top of the fact that you cannot be an absentee general manager for the Lakers. Magic Johnson can't do a 9 to 5. You know, put it this way. I'm using 9 to 5 metaphorically. To be a GM, that is your job. You got to clock in, you got to clock out. Magic Johnson is not that kind of guy. Magic Johnson failed the Lakers in some regard. And Rob Palenka asking where's Magic was looking at this situation like, bruh, you're supposed to be running this organization and you're not even in the office. The team is not doing what it's supposed to do. LeBron had a, p- a paid vacation for a groin injury because he didn't want to play with the team that you promised him. He was trying to get AD and you failed to get it done. So I'm not hearing that. If anything, I'll say this and I'll, and I'll, I'll put a bow on this topic. I give credit to Rob Palenka, but I also want to give credit to LeBron James because he's finally found a GM to work with him. And he's not as impatient as he used to be, being that he's a little bit more mature. But he's funneling the messages to Rob. And he's getting out the way. He's not leaking comments to the media. And Rob is getting it done. They have a symbiotic relationship. 
he he has a relationship with Rob already that I wish Kupchak and Kobe had from the time Shaq left. Sometimes I used to wonder what the hell Kupchak was doing, like from trading Karan Butler to to the to the to the the, the, bet, the messed up uh, CP3 trade where you could have just waited an extra week after the lockout and you could have got the same deal done. That to the fact that the teams that they put around Kobe as his, his career dwindled down, like like to me Kupchak never truly did right by Kobe. And I'm watching Rob Polinka do everything to make sure that the problem of LeBron James is extended as long as it possibly can be. And enough droning about the Lakers. Let's talk about the Lakers' all-time rivals on the opposite coast, the Boston Celtics. I won't spend too much time. Jason Tatum got his, his max extension as everyone expected. Uh, Jeff Teague signed up. Uh, Tristan Thompson is, is now a Celtic. But for the most part, the home runs that they tried to hit, they failed. It seems as though they have all these assets, right? The Boston Celtics and Danny Ainge have all these assets, and yet they seem to all they want to do is fleece teams. They don't want to make good basketball deals to improve their team. If, if it's, In my opinion, Danny Ainge, if he's not winning the deal, he doesn't want to do the deal. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think that he's hindering the growth of the Celtics organization to the level of a championship team because he constantly holds his cards close to his chest and he doesn't want to play. If we're playing spades and he's cutting diamonds, he's not dropping the right necessary spade to cut diamonds and make the book for his organization. He is failing the Celtics in my opinion. He is consistently dropping the ball. How do you let Gordon Hayward go for free? How do you let Kyrie Irving go for free? How do you have deals on the table to bring bring the big turner from from the Indiana Pacers and trade uh, Gordon Hayward in a sign and trade deal, you don't get it done because you don't win the deal. On top of the fact of the bad faith that he he conjured up throughout the league with the IT trade, knowing that you traded a hurt player who was who's damaged for Kyrie Irving. So guys don't necessarily trust the Boston Celtics to make deals. I'm gonna I'm wrap this up by saying this, Mason, you can tell me what you think. Danny Ainge has got to be fired in order for the Boston Celtics to reach championship level. I think he's holding the organization back. I think he's just trying to fleece teams and make the right deals for the Celtics and hold it on the assets that are becoming, you know, expired in a sense. How do you feel about that? Now, John, you are making quite a statement. Fire Danny Ainge. Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? Yeah, get him out of here. Now listen, I don't, I don't want to let people behind the scenes too much. We, we are recording this on a Sunday, folks. And my friend in real life, Ray Jarvis, is speaking the absolute gospel. The great pump fake artist himself, Danny Ainge. I mean, this guy is, you know, he's the Brad Stevens of general managers. All hype, but nothing to show for it. You know what I mean? I mean this guy needs to pack it up. I mean, four or five years ago, we were talking about the Celtics having Anthony Davis. Kawhi Leonard on top of you know whatever huge draft pick they made they were stocking up picks they were stocking up assets and really what do they have to show for it when you think about you know December 22nd the season is starting uh, do you have the Celtics as your favorite in the Eastern Conference do you even have them as a conference final uh, contestant in, 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 in your predictions I mean Danny Ainge he you know he's Done a whole lot for nothing, you know right. what I mean? So many years I heard about what this guy was preparing for and what he was about to do. He ran into Jason Tatum by luck. You know, there were, there were teams that could have picked Jason Tatum before him, but he got Jason Tatum 
and that is really you know the asset that he has at right. this point and you while i thought he was gonna become a laker just like you say he signed his extension oh yeah so you know we'll he'll give we'll, boston we'll deal the, with that he'll give boston the necessary seven years then he'll be in la period this is this is 2020 with star players one year into their into their extension Fact. tells their GM they're gonna go to a different team. So we really don't know what's gonna happen. But to bring it back to Danny Ainge, I mean, for for a few years I thought he was really preparing for something. I thought he was a shrewd guy. I thought he was gonna you know recreate the big three. Oh wait, yeah, you know what I mean. But he hasn't really impressed me. I mean. This might be karma for Kevin McHale. You know, Kevin McHale was supposed to trade KG to the Lakers, but mm-hmm. we know he traded mm-hmm. him to the Celtics like Fact. he wasn't supposed to. So this may be karma for for, for that OA move. I don't know, but, you know, when you talk about Danny Ainge, you know, uh, he made those comments a few, you know, he decided to comment on LeBron. And, I, you know, I, I'll, I reveal it, you know, I'm, I defend LeBron because he's a Laker. I've never really been a LeBron guy, but I, I've observed, you know, that Ainge always feels like he needs to comment about LeBron and his He just like Phil. You know, he's made a ma- he's made a few decisions that haven't been good. He hasn't really put his name in the best of uh, of circles in the NBA. And when you really talk about him, you know, like what 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 has he done? <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? He's been living shouts off of old Kimba, but you time. know, what were you saying? He shouts to Kemba. I was saying shouts to Kemba. I love Kemba, but you know, that's not really. You know, I wouldn't really be bragging about a Kemba move. That was my big move that right. I made. Right, you know? right. This is all I'm saying. I was saying he was living off the the 2008 championship to this very day. Like at some point, fans are gonna get impatient when all we all we get are Celtic rumors and nothing gets done because he can't close deals. Like how are you letting Rob Polinka swoop in and make all these deal after deal after deal after deal for players that you could use and you can't seem to get anything done substantial? Again, Gordon Hayward left, and you could and you had a sign and trade deal. And you didn't get it done. And if you look through history, the only trades he's completed have been deals with the Celtics with a clear uncut winners. He really didn't give up much to get what he wanted. So I just, I'm looking at Danny Ainge and I'm just like, listen, you are hindering your organization from getting to the next level. And Danny Ainge is always a guy who makes a move and you talk about, oh, he's making this move for the big move. At this point, we're five years in. What is the big move, Danny Ainge? This is all I'm saying. Hey, listen, Danny Ainge, my brother, pack it up, bro. Boston Celtic Brass, do what's necessary for your organization and get him out of here. Long story short, uh, let's move on to around the league. Drew Holiday is a Milwaukee Buck. Um, they, they, they made a move that I felt they needed to, getting rid of two guards that didn't really add much to the organization for one of the most unheralded guards in the NBA, but if you talk to any Hooper or any one of the guys around the league, Drew Holiday is one of the most respected guards in the NBA. With this addition, how are we looking at Milwaukee? Is this enough? They almost got bogged down, but the deal got, you know, reneged, whatever we want to call it, some some funny business there, but we won't get into that. But Drew Holiday is the creme de la creme for the, the Bucks in this offseason. Will that be enough to bring Giannis to that max extension and let him be a Buck for an entire career? 
before I even get into a job, I'm going to say you have to refrain from using the word hooper. You're going to lose your analytics fans. So you got ah. you to watch that word hooper. But as far as when it comes to, I'm going to say this. I do not think Giannis is secured in Milwaukee. And, uh, I, 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 I don't think so. I, this is 2020, job. We have to think in the future. We have to think about how stars are thinking. We got to think about the LeBrons, the Kevin Rains, the Kawhi Leonard, the players that proceed, that proceed Giannis. And I, I can't, I can't with a hundred percent fact feel like he's locked in until he's actually locked in. I mean, when you talk about it at the end of the day, it's Milwaukee. We're talking about Milwaukee here. What proof do we have that star players that the Luau Senders, that the Ray Allens are going to stay in Milwaukee even if they're drafted there. You know, there was a whole mess about Bogdan Bogdanovich this 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 past week. I mean, he, is he there? Is he not? At this point, we know he's not. But this is what I mean. Players don't want to be in Milwaukee, even if you have a player like Giannis, a top five player in the league, a player that if you play where you feel like you can win a championship, that's still not enough to bring, you know, even even a mid-level, you know, kind of star to the to the team. So I can't say he's locked down because if if I see it, why doesn't Giannis see it? You know what I mean? Right. I gotta agree with you. Drew Holiday is a great pickup. Uh I'm not gonna use the Hooper phrase like you use because we're not trying. <laughs> we're not trying to lose. We're not trying to lose listeners here. So I'm gonna say that uh, Drew is a solid. I mean, as close as you can get to being a star without being a star. Uh, he does everything on the court well, especially defensively, which you know. Milwaukee was already a great defensive team, so picking up a perimeter defender like Drew Holiday. I'm excited to see what about what they'll look like next season. You know what I mean? I mean, Giannis, Giannis has to get better too. He this this game he's he's running up around running around here with he has to get better. He has to he has to get that consistent jump shot. He needs a post game. Like it's time, no? Uh, absolutely. I mean these past two years he's kinda not only lost in the playoffs, but flamed out. You know, he's given himself that James Harden reputation, you know? So I feel like he needs to expand his game. Drew being on the team doesn't make it as drastic as it needs to be. I'm not expecting Giannis to pull up from three like Steph. I'm not expecting him to be a mid-range master like Kawhi. But if you can be a threat from those positions, if you could expand your game to the point that yeah. Where they gotta respect. Come them. on now, they're forming walls around you, and and they're locking you down in the playoffs. Everybody is seeing this. I mean, come on now, I'm calling the quiet. Come on now, Giannis. At this point, you gotta you gotta show and prove. Two MVPs in a row, defensive player of the year. That's uh, Hall of Fame territory. So we need to see more from him in the post, in the mid range. You know, he has to expand his game. I agree with you. Period. Uh, I, I hope that Drew is enough, but all signs point to South Beach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I find it weird because when you think about, you know, I've been a fan of the NBA in a long time. When you think about the Duncans, the KGs, and the Weber, these the moves that Milwaukee made would have been more enough 
more than enough to keep these guys. But we're talking about, you know, a championship contender. Is he going to stay or is he going to go? It just shows you about, you know, how the league is in 2020 and how you need to think about things. The league is a players league, is a movement league. Don't get don't get too familiar with these players. Hell, even even now, like I love AD, but a part of me feels like after this contract he, that he's gonna sign in the coming days, he'll give us three years and he might be gone, depending on the situation. It's just it's, can't it, get too comfortable. Right, you can't get too comfortable. Um, what about the Clippers? They lost Montrez Harrell. Uh, they added Serge Ibaka. That's really been the most notable move they've made thus far. So my question for you, and we won't spend too much time on this, just real quickly. Do you think that the addition of Ibaka and the loss of Montrez Harrell, in a sense, is addition by subtraction? Now, I will tell you this, y'all. I've never spent too much time in my life talking about the Clippers, so I won't start now. But <laughs> I got to say that Serge Ibaka pickup is, is a great pickup. I mean... Come on now, that's a that's a great pickup. I'm not mad at him. I mean, from from what they needed for their team, losing Montrez is tough. It's the sixth man of the year. You know what I mean? So it's right. it, of course, anytime you lose that type of production, that type of you know locker room presence, that type of energy, it's going to be tough. But if you could replace them with a Serge Ibaka, I'm not mad at it. So that was a huge pickup by the Clippers. I think that's a good move. I I you know what. I agree, you know, but we're, we're going to see again. Sometimes you can't, you can't measure things with calculators for you analytics dorks, but sometimes you got to measure things with X's and O's, you know, the actual game. Well, what Serge Ibaka does be a vast improvement for what the Clippers need with PG and Kawhi Leonard. That is the question on the surface. Yes. I think Ibaka is a lower maintenance player. His game, even in itself is lower maintenance, the, the personality and the game. You know where he's going to be, what, what spaces he occupies on the floor. There's, there's a natural pick-and-roll partner right there for either one of the wings for his mid-range game. He's a rim protector. He's a, he, Essentially, he's, he's still a rim runner in a sense. He's not as athletic as he once was, but he's still a powerful finisher at the basket. I think he checks a lot of boxes for the Clippers' needs. So, yes, I'll say addition by subtraction because of his low-maintenance nature. He won't average 18 a game. He won't have to. So, by that regard, yes. For the Clippers, before I go, I'll say this. I still think for them to have a more sensible roster, if you're looking at Lou Will or, or Patrick Beverly, you need to choose between one of those guys, and you have to make that choice immediately. They're both hindrances to what you want to do. Uh, Pat Bev is an offensive liability. Lou Will is a defensive liability. If you keep both, that means you are willing to keep a liability on the floor at all times. And I don't think you can win a championship with a liability on the floor in this current NBA. So there you have it. Uh, get, you got rid of Trez. I think Pat Bev is the next one that needs to go for the locker room and for the bench and everything. For the balance of the roster, Pat Bev needs to go. That's what I'll say. Absolutely, absolutely. When you talk about that point guard position, there were rumors about the Clippers getting Rondo. And that would have been a solid pickup for them, especially when it came to the playoffs. So the fact that they haven't filled that point of position with a solid distributor, a solid leader, that's something that the Clippers need to worry about. Facts. Facts. Um, let's, let's stay in the Western Conference. The Golden State Warriors lost Klay Thompson to an Achilles injury. Klay, I don't know what you did. I don't, I don't know if you crossed the wrong person. I don't know what's going on, but from an ACL injury to now an Achilles tail on the other leg, I, prayers up for you, Clay. But 
the talk is Golden State is done. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I subscribe to that theory, but the word around the league is lottery. The lineup isn't going to be good enough. They have a substandard starting five and, and they're in trouble. I disagree, Mace. I think this team, they, are they dub nation? Are the Splash Brothers still around? No. Is, is, Steph, is Steph Curry still alive? Yes. And there's still talk of a possible Kevin Love trade. I'll tell Draymond, go ahead right now. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I like the Kelly Oubre pickup. I think people are sleeping on Wiggins with Steve Kerr. People still sleep on Steve Kerr like he's not a good coach. He can't get the best out of players. I don't know what Steve Kerr has to do to smarten people up. But Wiggins in that motion offense with with, with the Shaquille O'Neal of his era as far as gravity goes to steal your ball, Mace, and Steph Curry, I'm excited for the Warriors' chances. I think the Warriors will be the NBA's dark horse throughout the season, even without Klay Thompson. Draymond is dead. Maybe Draymond finally starts beating the op and falls back in line with the with the culture because now he's really gets his chance to shine. This is what it's always been about, Mace. He's wanted to shine. There's no KD. There's no Klay. It's you. It's Steph. Maybe we'll get Draymond being his best self, right? I think Golden State will be a dark horse. I think they win between 48 and 54 games this year, and a lot of people are going to eat their words. I know I might be tripping, but I'm dying on that hill. Mace, talk to me. Now, Joel, this is the moment I've been waiting for, the moment where we absolutely disagree. You know, while I'm sure, while I'm sure the views, the, the views in the, in the, in the, uh, the Q rating in the Bay Area just went up right now. I'm going to have to disagree and bring it back down. There is no way that a team without Clay Thompson is going in GSW is going to amount to anything more than the fifth or sixth seed. I love GSW. I love Steph. You know, you know I'm a Lakers fan, but I admire what they've done. I admire the culture they've set. I admire the ownership. The coaching, the, the culture that they created, but at the end of the day, y'all, uh, while I love the Kelly Oubre sign and I love the James Wiseman pick, this is not a team that scares me. This is not a team that's going to do damage in the playoffs. This is not a team that's going to scare the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers of the world. This is not, you know, I expect a good season from them. I expect them to do their thing, but I don't expect anything more than maybe a second round exit from there. And I love this. I love GSW. Warriors fans, <laughs> please don't feel offended by my opinion here. We'll drop the social media at the end of the episode. We'll let you know what's going on so you can complain. <laughs> but I'm just going to let you know this is GSW. They're not doing any damage this year. Second round, maybe a, a, a five. Uh, they out in the second round in five games, whoever they play. Alright, all right, Mace, it's gonna be on wax and I'm I'm dropping this clip on, on, on the internet for the people to see. So we 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 gonna get some pushback or for on either side of this argument. I'm looking forward to it. Uh cool. I'm not gonna talk about John Wall. At first we planned to. That was on the talking on a on a talking point board, but I don't really care to talk about it. I think it was a whole lot of fluff. I think he ends up staying in uh, unless something changes in the next couple of days. He's going to be a wizard. He can request as much trades as he wants, but he's coming off an Achilles tear, and he needs to show and prove before he even gets any kind of right to request a trade. You're getting 40 mil to chill, bro. Relax. Fred Van Vliet, though. This is the thing I wanted to talk to you about. I don't like counting people's money, but I look at Fred Van Vliet, and I'm like, four years, $85 million. 
I don't know if Fred Van Vliet is worth that kind of chicken, Mace. I watch him. He's a solid NBA guard. Good Matter of fact, let me not disrespect him. He's a good NBA guard. But $20 million plus per? 22 damn near? Fred Van Vliet? Now listen here, y'all. Listen here. Uh, while I agree with you, Fred Van Vliet is not necessarily an $80 million player. Mm. When you talk about him, you have to think in these terms. You're thinking about yourself as a Lakers fan, job. You're thinking about where you play players, mm-hmm. their, their market value. But we're talking about a Toronto here. And Fred Van Vliet is a player in Toronto that may be worth $80 million. I mean, who's coming from the free agent market to sign? Who is getting traded and re-signing as we saw with Kawhi? So when you talk about Toronto... Uh, for them, Fred Van Vliet, I believe, is worth that much. But, you know, if he was on the open market, I wouldn't quite pay him 21 a year. I got to agree with you. All right. All right. That's, you know what? Fred, get your money. We're not hating, but we just think about the NBA economy and the fact that Kyle Lowry's coming off the books after next season. And he's already making about 33 mil. So I'm like, if right, Fred getting 20 right. and change, what you going to give Kyle? 40? He's a Kyle Lowry's a $40 million point guard? Kyle Lowry's not even worth what he's making now, but that's a different story. <laughs> a different man. episode, I guess. Listen, listen, man. I'm, I, I get get your money. That's all. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, Toronto got money to throw around, you know. <laughs> even Kawhi didn't want to resign with a matter of chips, so you listen. know they kind of got money oh, to throw man. around. You know, give 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 little Drake his money. Why oh, not? Oh man. You, you're going to have a, a, a $60 million backcourt for second round exits? Listen here. Oh, my God. Yo, the new NBA money that really messed the bread up, bro. A lot of guys getting chicken and it's like, oh, you a hater. Why you counting their money? But I'm just like, we talking about, you know, checks and balances, skill to skill to paycheck ratio. Like, hey, one guy getting 20 plus, the other guy getting 30 plus. This, this is an elite backcourt we talking about. You getting Stephen Clay dollars? Come on, Job, son. I don't know if we're starting to sound like our uncles and our fathers or what, but the money that these guys are getting are a little bit crazy. You it's know, I, crazy. at this point, I just I don't even pay attention to the money because I say Fred Ramsey, eighty million. That's that's more than Mike ever made on the contract. So, <laughs> you know what? I guess it's, it's a championship bonus. I guess it's the championship bonus that we not accounting for. My bad, my bad. They want a chip. You right? They want a Get chip. They getting their bread. Me. Cash out, throw them ducats, okay? Hey, and spend last, that money in Toronto with Drizzy. Facts. And you know Drake, and with Drake, you might not have to spend a dollar. He's going to show love. He's going to take you around a six and show you a good time. But, um, he might take you to the dinner, to the strip club. You know how you do. You already know. You already know. And they in Tampa anyway, so he might fly down, pull up, you know, drop, find a way to get you down to Atlanta for an old quick overnight situation, get some wings to Louisville. You never know. <laughs> But uh, let's bring it home, Maze. Last topic. We made them wait. This is the biggest NBA rumor going right now. Um, I dropped a clip earlier in the week talking about, I don't think that James Harden, in addition to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, is the right decision. I think it's excess, and it's not even about, like, I hear all these dorks, and they say things like, oh, is there is there enough basketballs to go around? Like, it, that's, not, that's not even a viable argument, okay? Like, you have to understand that by saying that, you are questioning the basketball acumen of both James Harden and Kyrie Irving. 
yes, there's enough basketballs to go around because those guys have both been in situations in their career where they understood that they had to wait their turn to eat. But Kyrie, by proxy of standing next to Kevin Durant, understands that it's not going to be just his show. And the way, the pace that the Nets plan on playing, there'll be enough opportunities for everyone to eat. The issue that I mentioned on the clip and for the new listeners right now is I just feel like the style of play for Kyrie and James Harden is that of a rhythm-based style, which means they need a certain amount of touches to get going. There's no Klay Thompson here who are microwaves. They catch the ball, they shoot, they're cooking automatically. Same thing with Steph Curry. If Steph Curry's not catching and shooting, he could give you a little mix-up action. Cool. When KD was there, KD, when he had a chance to isolate, he had enough touches, or he can catch and go quickly. Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden are not catch-and-go-quickly players. They get a couple of dribbles. They get their rhythm. They need a couple of touches to truly get going. And I'm not sure if their styles of play makes for a, a good mesh along with Kevin Durant. If it was just the two of them, oh, forget about it. They're they out of here. But when you add the third player to the mix, I don't think there's enough for all three guys to find their rhythm and cook the way we know they're capable of cooking. To that, you say what, Mace? You know, Jav, call me a 2K player. Call me, you know, <laughs> one of these Come new on, age son. fans. But I'm quite intrigued. You know, when you talk about, I, I can't argue with anything you said. I mean, we're talking about players with three of the highest usage rates. You know, especially when we talk about James Harden. Oh, forget about it. I mean, we're talking about three guys who, you know, maybe not KD, but KD likes the ball. He doesn't need the ball in the end, but he does like it. So when we're talking about Kyrie, a guy who likes to mix you, James Harden, a guy who likes to mix you, you know, it's, it's, it's strange to think of these three guys on the court, but I, I got to say I'm intrigued. I don't know. I'm buying into the hype job. I, when you think about James Harden in OKC, I know this is a bunch of years ago. I know this is before he got to know your notoriety, before he averaged 36 a game, before he got the MVPs and the mm-hmm. second place MVP finish. finishes. We do know he does, has that aspect to his game. So I'm very interested to see three players who, you know, in my mind, want to play with each other. We have to talk about this. We're not in the old days of the NBA where guys are just getting traded right. to teams where, you know, they might not know where they're going. We're talking about three guys who have decided we want to play with each other. So, you know, if if I was to bet money on it, no. I don't think it's going to work. But, I, you know, I, I'm holding out a little hope that they can figure this out because if they do, I mean, we're talking about some three of the greatest offensive players in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean... I love the Bob Cousy's of the world, but we in 2020, I mean, how many guys are really giving it up like Kyrie, James Harden, and, and Kevin Durant, you know? So while, you know, smart money would bet that they don't, they don't, they aren't gonna work, that it's gonna be a little too clustered, you know, guys are gonna clash. I'm interested to see, and I'm willing to say that I think it's gonna work, y'all. Mm. All right. I ain't mad at you, you know? I could be wrong. Like I always say on the gray area, on any aspect of sports, two things. I'm not here for you for you to agree with me and my opinions on my own. So we gonna see how this thing plays out. And trust, if the Brooklyn Nets are a juggernaut, I win. I'm from Brooklyn and I love Kyrie Irving and I love KD and I love Harden. Those are three of my favorites. Mace can tell you I've been fans of these guys for a long time. So if they get together and they win games, I don't lose. 
But I just, I just think about the narratives and the stories and the BS that they would have to deal with once they get together, and it doesn't work. And I don't want that for them because I feel as though all three players have had to deal with a lot of bad or false narratives attached to their names. And I think that they deserve a chance to breathe and play their games. I feel like the worst thing that happened to James Harden in some regards was playing for D'Antoni because it allowed people to conjure up false opinions of him on the basketball floor. And same thing for Kyrie Irving. Playing with LeBron and having some of the opinions he's had has, has besmirched his career to this point. And people don't really show the love that they're supposed to show to him. Same thing for KD and the burner accounts. These are these these narratives and going to Golden State. These narratives have been attached to them for so long. And it's like, these guys are great basketball players. These guys are three dare i say all-time great basketball plays and we don't spend enough time talking about it and i feel like if these three players get together we'll once again not spend enough time talking about how great they are talking about the fact that they don't work or they do work or if one player says something after a specific game then this the media cycle is going to spend three days trying to create issues in the locker room saying this guy doesn't want to play with this guy and this guy's mad that this guy got traded and i'm like you know what these guys don't need that in their careers right now. They need to play ball and show people that they're great, they're all-time great, and they want to win championships. That's all. You know, Jog, you got to talk about what it really means for guys of these talents to get together for 2,000 fans. If mm-hmm. AI, Kobe, and T-Mac just decided to get on the team. Oh, oh my God. You know, <laughs> 90s fans, if, if Gary Payton decided to join the Bulls, this is not, this is not something that just... You know, running the middle. I know the Golden State teams and the teams that LeBron have constructed over the years have kind of jaded us towards these super teams. But when you're talking about a Kyrie Irving, a James Harden, and a Kevin Durant getting on the team with each other, to just say, you know, they aren't a factor or it's not going to work, you this is intriguing. We, I want to see how this is going to go. You know, I mean, these are three, these are two MVPs, two champions. Three All-NBA players, this is not just something that happens every day. So I still, even if the construction of it seems like, hey, to, you know, how's this going to work? I'm still very interested to see how, very interested to see how it's going to go. And uh, you mentioned uh, assistant coach Mike D'Antoni. Since he's not the head coach anymore, I think James Harden might be able to switch up his game. So let's hope for that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. We gonna see. We gonna see, bro. <laughs> and again, these these podcasts are recorded, so we will revisit it either way. If which if when one of us are wrong or not, you know, I, I like to pull a card, and if I'm wrong, I'll boo myself. You know, it is what it is. But again, I guess selfishly because I love these players, I just want their basketball acumen to breathe. I'm tired of the narratives. I'm tired of the stories. I'm tired of the BS opinions. I have to constantly hear about these great individual talents that the league has but Mace we are at the finish line my brother and it's at this point of the episode that I yet again need you to identify, identify yourself, yourself let the people know who you are your social media handles where they can find you after I drop these clips with your hot takes talk to me listen here you can catch me on Instagram Twitter Snapchat although I don't even get on that Biff O'Malley, Biff O'Malley that's B-I-F-F underscore O-M-A-L-L-E-Y. You know, that's been a name for years. Come catch me. We can talk basketball. We can talk rap. We can just talk trash to each other. Some type of days I'll be feeling like that. So come on, let's get on. That's a fact. And people, you know, you, you, you hear it here first. 
uh mace is gonna be you know a regular contributor on the gray area when the mace is free and, it's, and he got some time to talk some ball with me you're gonna hit mace on the gray area so get ready for that mace i appreciate you for coming on my brother as i'm saying right now we will do this again very soon Let's do it, man. I'm, I'm happy to be back. Hopefully, I'm back soon since the NBA season is back so soon. We got to get on our overtime. So, we're going to talk a lot of ballers here. Let's, let's do it, man. Hopefully, we got a good season to talk about. Absolutely. I anticipate us having a great season to talk about. So, let's work, bro. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chapter 71 of the Gray Area. And as the saying goes, Whether you like it or don't like it, Sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect.